Good morning, everyone. It's lovely to be back. I feel like I haven't been here for so long. But you know that I'm not backslidden. I've been in the prison, uh, working the prison as a chaplain, and I went away last Sunday. It was at a women's retreat. And it was, yeah, it was awesome. So um, we just thank God for other ministries as well where we can get fed. Amen. And somebody preached there on the, uh, the courts of heaven. And it was awesome. Yeah, she was, reminded me of Pastor Kelly a bit, this lady. Um, so it was awesome. Yeah, so we really got blessed and on the glory. And it was about the glory of God, the whole theme. So we know that God's pouring out his glory in a new way. Do you feel that? Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Come on. If you don't believe it, you won't feel it. Unless he zaps you. But he is, despite what we're going through. Amen? And um, I said to God, what, what can I speak on today? And um, I felt that he wanted me to speak about his peace. Amen? Usually I speak on his fire, don't I? <laughs> but um, I feel the Lord wants us to know his peace. And that he's got us. So, and I'm, the title of it is Peace in the Storm. So um, I feel at the moment I'm quite qualified to preach this. Um, and today. So I will just uh, read for you first from Mark 4, 35 to 41. If you want to look in your Bibles or on your phones. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We just worship you, Lord. We acknowledge you, Jesus, this morning. Father, Holy Spirit, just come. You're here already, Lord, dwelling amongst us. But Lord, just really touch us this morning, Lord. We need you. We need your power. We need your glory. We need your peace. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Just put your, just put your hand on your chest. And Lord, we just say today, Lord, give us peace. In our hearts, Lord. Whatever storm, you might not be in a storm right now. You might have just come out of one. But you might be going into one and you don't even know. And you're saying, no, I don't want that. But we have to have storms, amen? So, Father, we just pray your peace now, Lord. Into our storms, Lord. Into the storms that are coming. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So Mark 4, 35 to 41 says, On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, now they just left the multitude of people, yeah? Jesus was like operating, doing miracles, healing, teaching. You know, it was awesome. Imagine, you know. But he said, greater things will you do when I go to my father. So even though we look back and we think, wow, wish we were there. But actually, we're in a better place and we've got the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus on earth. We've got the power. Amen. So they just left the multitude. They took him along in the boat as he was. He was hanging out in the boat. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose. 
and the waves beat into the boat. So that it was already filling. Imagine that. You're crossing over. You've got Jesus with you. Yeah? <laughs> Some of us are crossing over right now. You might be right in the middle of that storm. Who, who's brave enough to lift their hand if they're in a storm? Amen. Hallelujah. This is for you and for me. It was filling up. The boat was filling up. Imagine that. I've, I've been on a boat. Last year I went to the Caribbean and I've done a bit of sailing with my sister. She sailed around the Caribbean um, with her now husband. She ended up marrying this guy. And uh, when we went out there, they had, a, they had this boat, 35-foot boat, and they had a dinghy. It was great. So I saw the Caribbean from the sea. It was an awesome um, blessing, you know, from the Lord. And, um, you know, when we did travel, we did go from one end of the island to the other. I'm not very good on boats. I do get sick. But, um, you know, it, once we went right out, it was quite amazing. I mean, some of you probably have sailed already. But for me, it was like my first time really sailing. And uh, it was just awesome. But it was quite scary as well. You know, you really are relying on the person that's in charge of the boat, the captain. And he was telling us, bossing us around, but we were fine with it, you know. <laughs> he was like, move over there, sit on that seat, go downstairs, come back up. Because he, had to, he was being led by the waves. He knew, he knew the sea. Amen. This is not in my preach, but, um, you know, this is, what, and this is what we need to do. Get used to the waves. Amen. So we have to be like that skipper, that captain of that boat. We know that the waves are going to come. We know that they're going to come. But we need to start learning how to ride those waves. Amen? Amen. And it's not easy, is it? It's not always easy when them huge waves. When she's got a photograph of herself and there was a 12-foot wave behind her. And she was standing on a 35-foot boat in the middle of the ocean. And there's a photo of her pulling on... I don't know what they called all these different names they've got. You can shout out if you know it. But they were doing so, she was doing something with the sail that he was telling her to do. You know, it was her turn. And they were on their own. She'd never sailed ever. And she hasn't got Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Amen. It's coming, it's coming. And, um, but it is coming. But she sailed from, and they sailed from La Palma to St. Lucia. And they were at sea for a month. And she'd never sailed before. Amen. So she's not scared of it, of the storm. Because when those storms come, they did come. I think she was frightened, actually, when it happened. And she got sick, and then she come through that, and she got stronger. And that's how it's like in our Christian walk, isn't it? You know, you've all could got low, you could run up here now and tell me so many testimonies from the front and share them how you've come through. Just look at someone and say, you're coming through. Come on, you are coming through. You are coming through. You are coming through. Say, I am coming through. Come on. Come on, I'm getting a bit sick of the devil and his, his nasty tricks that he's doing, trying to take us out. I am coming through. Come on, tell yourself, I'm coming through. That's right. Hallelujah. And a great windstorm arose and I said, the waves beat into the boat so it was already filling. But he, he, it didn't even say Jesus, they said he with a capital H, was in the stern. I've learned that the stern is the back of the boat. 
He was asleep on a pillar. Wow. Imagine that. You're chilling. You've just dealt with a multitude. And Jesus is asleep in the boat and there's this storm going on. And of course, you're running to him, aren't you? You're running to him. When we was on that boat, I'd have been running to the captain. If anything started going wrong, I'd be looking to the captain. Amen? Well, Jesus is the captain of our boat. Amen? He's the captain of our trials and our tribulations. He's the captain of our storm. In fact, he spoke to the storm, as we're going to see in a minute, and said, peace, be still. And the storm stopped. Amen? Okay, so he was at the back of the boat. And they said to him, they, they awoke him and said, don't you, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? You know, all, one minute they're there, shandai, shandai, and speaking in tongues and praying and for people watching miracles. And then the next minute, and that like us. Don't you care that we're perishing? But they didn't realise, they still didn't really know who Jesus was. And we don't, we do to extent. But we still have that soul realm, don't we, where we get worried and frightened. And rightly so. T.D. Jakes always says, God never comes when you want him, but he's always on time. Amen. So when we think God's not there... I've learned after about 28 years now in the Lord. Yeah, I am showing off because it's a miracle. <laughs> I don't know how I'm still in the Lord, but I am. All I do because he's so good. You can't leave him, can you? Um, but he's always on time. 39. He, then he arose. And when I was looking at this, that word, he arose. I'm speaking into our situations today that Jesus is arising in your situation. Amen. I just saw him when I read that. Get up. And he, when he arose, something, authority came over that boat. Authority came over the storm. And it, it, it died down. Amen. When Jesus arises in our situations, the devil has to flee. Things have to change. Amen. He is our intercessor. He sits at the right hand of God. The lady, when I went away last week, she talks about the courts of heaven. And I don't know enough about it. I need to study it more. I sent it to you, didn't I? About how, you know, there's a court. There's a book. We've all got a book. Amen. He knows in that book there's things we're going to go through. Because it's taking us higher. It's enabling us to do more for him. He's changing us. He's humbling us. Messing us up. Because it's not about us. It's about him. Hallelujah. All the Pentecostals go, Amen. <laughs> Sorry, I'm only joking. It's great for you to be mixed up, isn't it? Isn't it good to be mixed? Oh, Lord. Sorry. <laughs> Don't let me get the giggles now. If I get, that, if I get the laughter, I'll, I'll be passing the, the mic to Kelly. So he said to, and I, I put here, there is a time when Jesus will arise in your situation. You might be waiting, but he's going to arise. Amen. And he said to the sea, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it you have no faith? Shame. I bet they felt ashamed. 
And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be? Even the wind and the sea obey him. Hallelujah. The God that breathed out the stars. The God that spoke creation into being. How much more is our problems? Our fuzziness, says Daphne. I love that, Daphne. (laughs) He's taken away our fuzziness. Hallelujah. Not the devil wants. He wants to put us out of focus, doesn't he, Daphne? He wants the fuzziness. He wants to cloud it so that we can't keep the joy. But the joy of the Lord is my strength. I don't know about you. And the devil ain't having my joy. Amen? Don't let him have your joy and don't let him have your peace. Because that's where the strength is. So, um, Jesus is about to arise in someone's situation in this place. Amen? And God is saying, do not fear. In Isaiah 9.6, it says, For to to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Mighty Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and also Prince of Peace. Amen. Prince of Peace. That means he has royal authority over peace in our lives. Amen. Wow. Shalom is the Jewish word, as you know, for peace, isn't it? And I looked, up, looked it up a little bit more, and it means peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, our health, tranquility, and our salvation. Hallelujah. Imagine it. That's why you must not let the enemy take your peace. Do not let him take your peace. Okay, there's a lovely song that I was trying to find um, on the internet, see if we could play it, but um, it's called He Is Our Peace. Such a beautiful song. I don't know if any of you guys know that, but um, it says, He has broken down every wall. He is our peace. He says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. It's all right, I won't sing it, don't worry. (laughs) No, because you're going to want me in the worship. So he says there's peace and there's trust in the storm. We need to trust God, don't we, to have peace. But when we go into that storm, I can, I can ensure you that you will not be the same person that walked into the storm that's walking out of the storm. You're going to be different in a good way because you're going to be more broken. And when we're more broken, God can use us because when Jesus did the last supper he took the bread so he takes us this is I've nicked this from T.D. Jakes just in case you've, you've heard it you see and then you can say she was preach he took the bread he broke the bread he blessed the bread and then he broke the bread when he takes us when we come to the Lord he blesses us and we're all on fire and happy and, and then he breaks us and then he gives us out like the bread amen We have to be broken. Look at someone and say, we have to be broken. It's not nice. Okay. But we will walk out of the storm. And there's a place apparently in a storm called the eye of the storm. 
Some of us are right in the eye of the storm at the moment. We're right in the middle. But the eye of the storm, nothing's happening. There's no wind. You're right in the middle of it. So even though you're in the storm, you're in the bang in the middle of the storm. So nothing, apparently it's a miracle, really. There's nothing going on in the middle of the storm. It's a great place to be, isn't it? So we need to find the eye of the storm in our situations. Yeah, and it is there, it's possible. And that place is with Jesus. <laughs> no other place with Jesus. So, where was I? When, you, when you're going through the storm, you're out in the boat. Imagine you're in this boat, like, I, like my sister was, right in the middle of the sea, crossing from... Well, it took her a month to get to St. Lucia. Can you imagine? There was a point, she said, when you can't see any... For a long time, you couldn't see land. You couldn't see nothing. Some of us are there. We can't see land. But there was a, one day, there came a day when, when Jesus will arise and you will see land. That's when he arose. You're going to see the land. You're going you're gonna to feel that. You're going to feel better again. Amen? Things are going to be okay. Hallelujah. So why do we have to go through the storm? Well, there's a blessing on the other side of it. <laughs> there's something amazing on the other side of the storm. And we know that when we're in that boat, I'm in the middle of the ocean, God's keeping us afloat. He kept us, keeps us from sinking. Hallelujah. And all things work together for good. I really felt that seriously, that we need to get hold of that scripture. If you don't know it, or you don't say it a lot, all things work together for good for those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So if that Bible is the truth, then we can take that word and walk in it. All things in my life so far that I thought were awful have worked together for good because I love the Lord and I'm called according to his purpose. Wow. Wow. It's a win-win thing when we're serving God, isn't it? Not everyone agrees with me. Some people said yes. <laughs> you know, you need to believe that it is a win-win. And things are going to be okay. Because God's got us. So the disciples were in their trial. All they know is they're in a storm. But they're crossing over to the other side. They didn't know the rest of the story when they were in the boat. But Jesus knew. They thought they were going to die, probably. Yeah? There's times when I thought I was going to die. But Jesus saw the end. He saw the other side. He knew the rest of the story. His plan for our lives, Graham said it earlier, Jeremiah 29:11. I know the plans I have for you. Amen. To prosper you and not to harm you. Amen. Well, if the word of God is true, we need to get hold of it. Hallelujah. What the disciples witnessed after the storm, and I'm going to go there in a minute, I've got time, took them to a new level of anointing. A new level. Yeah? When they got over there, they witness miracles, signs, and wonders. So we know that when we're going through something, there's something good at the end of it. Amen? 
Mark, it wasn't long um, after the storm that he sent them out two by two to do miracles. But they had to go through that storm before he released them. Mark 6, 7 said, And amazed at their unbelief, this is the, generally the people, he went around teaching from village to village. Then Jesus called the twelve to him, and he began to send them out two by two, giving them authority over unclean spirits. He instructed them to take nothing but a staff for the journey, no bread, no bag, and no money in their belts. So they had to go through the storm and get to the other side before they were released by Jesus and he sent them out, two by two, to do ministry. Amen. I've got one amen now. That's all right. There, uh, there was a typhoon, Hei, sorry, Haiyan, um, in the Philippines in 2013. It was a very bad um, storm, typhoon. It killed thousands. And because of the poverty out there and their little flimsy houses, they, weren't, they didn't build their storm-proof houses, yeah? Um, they were, they, they were, a lot of them were killed. They didn't have a storm shelter, and that's what I want to talk about as well today. You need to build a storm shelter. Amen? Well, what do I mean? I mean, you need to get to know Jesus. You need to build your relationship up with Jesus because he is a shelter to us. Amen? And funny enough, I might think I'm a bit wacky, but um, earlier on, when I was thinking about preaching, um, I remembered the shack. You know, that was kind of a shelter, wasn't it? You know, if you saw it, I saw the film as well. And um, I, God said, you know what? You can, you can choose your, you can decorate your shelter. Now you're really going to, Kelly's going to run up and pray for me in a minute. But you know, like you can have, imagine what your shelter is with God. Go to that place, you know, go to that place with God, your shelter. No one, I told the prisoners, no one can take God off you. They can take your canteen, they can take you tobacco <laughs> she's laughing they can put you in the seg segregation they can do this they can do that but they cannot take Jesus from you you've got your own shelter amen I encourage them to make their own shelter pray in their cell I'll give them scriptures I'll print them out I'll say put, we watch the raw room and I'll say put them on your wall they were asking for them because this film that film's so good to show in there if you haven't seen war room watch it it's an amazing film and, you know, I so say, you've got to create your own prayer closet. You've got to create it for yourself. Amen? I'm not saying you've got to have a cupboard, you know, but you have to know God. You have to know how to go to him. You have to know your scriptures. You have to know how to go to him with a scripture. Speak the stuff over your life. Rebuke the enemy when you need to. You need to know about welfare prayer as well. The devil has been doing what he's doing for 2,000 years or more. So he knows what he's doing, but Jesus is more powerful. And we do have the victory. We do have the victory, yeah? And he is our father, and he does give us great things. But we also do need to have a bit of wisdom. When Winston Churchill took England to war, he had a strategy. Amen? Apparently, every evening, they pray. I'm not old enough to remember that. But yeah, just about. <laughs> but they had, they, the whole country prayed every evening. 
And there was some, I can't remember exactly, if you read, I think, Cindy Jacobs' book, she talks about how one, every night they prayed at a certain time and there was one evening where we got the victory and we actually won the war through it when the Germans saw all of these fighter pilots that weren't there. That was the prayer, the angels. Amen? Hallelujah. So we can't just sit there and say, oh, yeah, God will do it. Yeah, we will, but you do have to, you know... Get up and start fighting. Why do, they, why do you think the Bible talks about the armour of God? Put on our armour. Sometimes we take it off. And if you need help to put it back on because it's heavy, just get another Christian, you know. Go to the leadership team. Get some help. Praise God. That's, none of that's in my notes. So anyway, this typhoon, they didn't have good shelters. They hadn't prepared their storm shelter. So prepare your storm shelter. Make sure you know your word. Make sure you're, you know, get in that secret place with the Lord. Hallelujah. There was 11 million people were affected by the storm and 11 million homeless. I remember we had one in England. It's a few years ago now. We, we haven't, but there's one quite particularly bad one. And I prepared. I went out in the garden. I, I made sure my car weren't parked under a tree because it could fall on. You know, I put away all the little things in the garden, locked things away. You know, if I didn't do that, I would have lost some stuff. I did actually lose one last year, the cover for my um, chairs, in the gar- garden chairs. It blew off because I hadn't secured it. You know, that's a word as well. We need to secure ourselves in Jesus. Hallelujah. Go straight to the one that calms the storm. He is the calmer of the storm. He is the calmer of the storm. Hallelujah. He who dwells in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. I had that playing last night during the night, Psalm 91. Hallelujah. That audio Bible is so nice. It starts here. If we want rest and peace, we need to dwell. We need to hang out with God in that secret place. Amen. Hallelujah. So Jesus was on a mission. He knew what was on the other side. He could hear the rain, but the disciples couldn't. They couldn't. They didn't know what was coming. They were going to die. (laughs) They thought they were going to die. But they obeyed him. They probably didn't feel like it. They probably didn't want to go on the boat and travel across to the other side. But Jesus said, do it, and they did it. Amen? So they were obedient. They just went. They just trusted him. And we need to develop that attitude with God where we just trust him, no matter what. I know most of you do anyway. But I'm only doing what God told me to do and say. Hallelujah. They didn't say, look, we want to go to bed. We want to eat. We want to come home and change. Have a bath. But after the storm comes the anointing. Hallelujah. Every storm takes us higher. Eagles, they get on the wind. I mean, one day I'm going to speak on eagles. I love it. Yeah. They get on the winds. They go and they soar on the winds above the storm. And that's what we need to find, the winds of the spirit above the storm. And we need to start soaring. Amen. Otherwise we lose our mind. If we don't do it, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. We can't be half in and half out. It's dangerous. 
It's a dangerous place. Amen? After they'd crossed over, bam, first miracle. Straight into a miracle. Look at that. Imagine it. I bet the disciples thought, oh, no, when they saw that man. When they saw the man in chains. When they saw the man who cut himself. The man that no one could control. The man that no one, he was living in the, in the rocks, in the caves. Imagine it. A wild man. I bet they thought, I'm off. That's it, I've had enough. I've been in the storm. I've been seasick. I thought I was going to die. And now, we're gonna, now we've got a madman in front of us. What we gonna, he's going to attack us. Come on, imagine it. Imagine it. It, it says in Mark 4, 1, Mark 5, sorry. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs. No one could bind him, not even with a chain. He'd broken the chains off. He'd been chained hand and foot. I'm just reading bits of it. Night and day among the tombs, and he'd cry out and cut himself with stones. That was the first miracle. Jesus said to him, what's your name? Jesus knew what he was doing. He said, my name's Legion because there's many of us. There was a lot of demons inside of him. He begged Jesus not to send him out of the area. Anyway, Jesus drove him into the pigs. And all the pigs went over the, uh, the cliff. And the people in the local area weren't happy because that was their pigs. And there's a, a story attached to pigs. I can't remember. But there's a reason why there was... I think they used them for something. But there was, they were very angry. So Jesus knew he had to get out of that area because he'd driven all those pigs over the cliff. Because Jesus gave the demons permission and the impure spirits came out. That's the authority that Jesus has. Amen? He gave, and we've got that. Thank you, sister. We've got that. Even more, Jesus said, greater things. I see it in the prison. I'm not showing off, showing off about God. There are, obviously, can you imagine the prison, how many demons are in there? Yeah, people are cutting themselves all over the place. I'm not saying that everyone that cuts themselves has got a demon. Yeah, I understand it. I've been through a little bit of self-harm myself. So let's just get rid of that. In the past, years ago. So that was the first miracle. But this guy, people had given up on him totally. Couldn't even be around other people. Amen. So he drove them out of him. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the God we serve. So those tending the pigs in verse 14 ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. They came, when they came to see Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Sitting there, dressed and in his right mind. Hallelujah. This is the God we serve. So they were in the boat, in the storm, and then miracles. Well, they must have been well happy then. They must have been, oh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden they love it. They love it. So those that had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told the pig, about the pigs as well. And then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave the region because they didn't want to lose any more pigs. 
As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus didn't let him. He said, go to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done. So he became an evangelist. This is how our God works. We are living in those days. When I read again, I had the audio Bible and I listened to this all again. And when he sent them out, something went inside of me. We should be outside as well as in this church. We should be doing what other churches are doing. Going on the streets and healing. Setting up a table. Healing people. Having healing clinics. Come on, you're all anointed. You're all anointed. Hallelujah. Going out evangelizing. I mean, I evangelize in the prison, but I'm guilty of not doing it much out there. I used to. So maybe we all need a shake-up. Um, so... Miracle two, Jesus raises a dead girl and heals a sick woman. Amen? When he crossed, had again crossed over by a boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him. And then a man called Jarius come and said that um, he pleaded, my little daughter is dying, please come and put your hands on her so she'll be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. Miracle number two. Then while that was happening, a large crowd. So he's walking. Imagine walking with Jesus. We can have this. As he's walking to go and heal the little girl, a woman with the issue of blood, he starts to press through the crowds. No one wants to know her. She smells. She's been bleeding for 12 years. She's got no money left. She spent it all on doctors. But she made up her mind with her little faith. She may not even have known about God, but she made up, she heard that Jesus did miracles. She heard it. So she heard it with her ear, but her spiritual ear, because we've got normal ears and natural ears, and we've got spiritual ears, and we've got the same with our eyes. With her spiritual ears, she heard about Jesus, and there's something about the name of Jesus. I'm sure you will agree. There's something about the name of Jesus. She heard that Jesus was in the miracle business. And she made her mind up, this is her faith, if I press through this crowd and touch his cloak, I'm going to be healed. Amen? Hallelujah. So I believe she got down on her knees and she pressed through that crowd. And she made up and she decided, and some of us need to make a decision, that I am going to be healed. Amen? I am going to, God is going to come through for me, whatever it is. God is going to come, providing it's in line with his will, God is going to come through for me. Amen? Like the woman with the issue of blood, she knew what to do. She knew if she touched the bottom of his garment that there was power. She was being led by the Holy Spirit. In fact, she had nothing else left. She had nowhere else to go. And that's how I was when I come to Jesus. I needed a healing. And I thought, someone said they pray for healing in church. Before I knew it, I was there. And something filled me when the guy prayed for me. It took me about five years to still to become a Christian. But anyway, <laughs> the stubborn ones take time. Amen. So, anyway... Um, that, that was another miracle. So the woman touched his cloak, as you know, and as she touched his cloak, Jesus knew the power went out from him and filled her. 
and healed her. Because he said to her, daughter, your faith is healed. Go in peace. Oh, I didn't see that before. Go in peace. We've been talking about the peace. Amen. And you will be freed from your suffering. Go in peace and you will be freed from your suffering. We need the peace of God. Amen. Then what I like about the next thing he does, he decides he's, going, he's still going to Jairus' uh, daughter. Someone come running, your daughter's dead. Why bother the teacher anymore? Overhearing what they said, I believe Jesus got angry and said, why? And said, don't be afraid, just believe. And God is saying today, don't be afraid, just believe. Amen. And also, interestingly, he didn't want anyone else to follow him. He knew what he was doing. When he went to heal her, it only took select people that had faith. And you've got to be careful who you have around you and who you mix with. Amen? Because you will become like who you hang around with. And when we're going through a storm, we need to make sure we've got people that, that are really for us and really know God. And that will pray for us. I've got ladies that are over me. In you know, they're older ladies. I've got a, a mother in in, in God that um, I've known for years and years, um, and, and uh, an old pastor and bishop of friends of mine from years ago. And they always oversee me. They pray for me, and um, some other people as well, and as well as obviously the leadership team here. But you need to know who to go to. You want people to speak life into your situation. Amen? So he knew what he was doing. He only let Peter, James, John, and the brother of James go with him. And then he let the parents go in the room, because obviously when you're parents, you're desperate, aren't you, for your child to be healed. There's a power in the parents' prayer. Okay. So basically, when he went in the room, he put everyone else out. And he took her by the hand, the child, and he said, Talitha Kohom which means, little girl, I say to you, get up. And I believe God is saying to us today, get up. Amen? Hallelujah. And immediately, the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old. And at this, they were completely astonished. Amen. Look at that. Going through the storm. Amen? On the boat. You think you're going to die. You don't know what's going on. It's blurry. Thank you, Daphne. I keep using that. It's blurry. Amen? You're out of focus. But God's saying, that woman with the issue of blood, she focused on Jesus. She focused on the solution. Amen? And today I believe we need to focus on the solution. Amen? Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Hallelujah. Come have some worship. Thank you. Hallelujah. Come on, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord. I don't know who that has ministered to today. Some of you, um, I believe that the Lord told me to... Thank you for listening to our podcast today. You may have been a Christian for a long time, or you may be exploring the possibilities of a relationship with God. Wherever you are in your journey of life, please feel free to contact us at Woolwich Community Church if you would like any further information on today's message. We will be happy to talk with you pray with you and help you in any way we can. Please see the information below in our bio on how to get in touch with us. Have a blessed week and God bless.